0: Hello and welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple, the podcast that's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. I am your host, Anthony Vecino, Not Vicino, sometimes Vicino, but Family Vecino of Invictus Capital. Joined as always by Dan, never Kroger, never Krieger, always Kruger.
1: How you doing, Dan? do good. I feel like we really uh, solidified what our names are and how they're oh, pronounced.
0: I wanted to make sure everybody knows. It I get the work. question a lot. I get the question a lot. Like people go, is it Vicino? Is it Vicino? A lot of times I want to say Vincino. They want to add uh, extra letters in there. And I know that mm-hmm. you've ha- I've had issues with your name in the past.
1: Everybody if go, does.
0: If you go back to those early podcast episodes, you, you would Creator. be left with the impression that I do not know what Dan's name is and you'd be right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're working on it. It's always a work in progress. It's a work in progress. Yep. So Dan, what, what are
0: we doing today? We, uh, Well, actually, no, you know what? I'm going to take this one. You just sit there, look pretty. So today we are going to continue our five-part series into the capital stack. If you missed last week's episode, you're going to want to start there. If you have no idea what the capital stack is, go start with that episode. Get Get the high-level view because now we're going to go another level deeper. Last week we covered the senior debt. This week we're covering the mezzanine debt or also known as the junior debt or sub subordinate debt. Uh so Dan, walk us through how is this debt fundamentally different than senior debt?
1: Yeah, well, if people remember from the last um uh episode in this series, as we work our way up the, the capital stack, um the uh, the the risk profile of the position uh, slights, uh starts to increase slightly, and uh, for that reason, the cost of capital starts to increase slightly. So that that senior debt that we talked about last time is going to be the lowest cost of, uh, of your capital. There, interest rates on that are going to be you know these days around three percent, and that's the cost of your capital. It's what you're paying to get that money in part of your deal. And so when you go up next, what happens is. Um, uh, when you get into the mezzanine subordinate or, or junior or whatever you want to call it, that next layer of debt, if you do have it, uh, is going to be in the second position, uh, which means that there's going to be a, a second position in the a second position lien on the property, which means that if things go south, that senior debt gets paid first, and this mezzanine subordinate junior debt uh, is going to be in second position. So if there's no more money left, in liquidation if you know things blow up then these guys might be SOL and so for that reason the cost of capital at this level is going to be a bit higher um i don't really have a, a range to to provide for people on that but just know that it's going to be more than the senior debt but it's probably going to cost you less than than giving up equity
0: yeah, it definitely should cost a little bit less than giving up equity. If it's not, mm-hmm. then you're probably got some pretty bad terms there. I, I would think your junior debt should probably come in a, a couple basis points, or uh, you know, maybe
1: maybe a six couple full to, points.
0: Yeah, six to eight, six, six to eight percent. I think is probably pretty straightforward here. The thing with the mezzanine debt is that sometimes it's not collateralized, which means mm-hmm. that it's not backed by the property, and that's because whoever whoever's sitting in the senior position might be saying we don't want anybody else coming in behind us, uh, mm-hmm. collateralized. So that that debt position, that while they would get paid out before the equity people, the stakeholders, they don't necessarily get to claim the property if it goes, um, goes south. So it is a little bit riskier position, but it's still less risky than... Uh, preferred equity or common equity, which we'll be talking about in following episodes. Now, who would we typically be getting mezzanine debt from? Like, is this from the bank? Is this from a different entity? Like, who who are we getting this from?
1: Uh, either one, honestly. It could be it could be a bank. Um, it could just be a, a, a private equity fund that doesn't necessarily want an equity position in a deal. They'd rather just do a debt deal. It could just be an individual, like a, like mm-hmm. a hard money lender um, uh, or someone that's, that's like a hard money lender. When we're talking about big uh, apartment buildings, we're not typically going to the hard money lenders per se, uh, but just for the sake of differentiating this uh, individual from some of these larger organizations where it's, it's just a guy with some money that, that wants to invest, but he wants to do it via debt. Um, you know, it could be any any type of entity. It's just uh really the only thing that makes it mezzanine is the fact that it comes after the senior debt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like Anthony mentioned, there there doesn't necessarily need to be a lien on the property uh, for this position. And if there isn't, then that would probably bump the uh the the cost of it up a smidge higher. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I, I think it would be pretty rare. To get, uh, let's say, like a bank coming in on second position without it being collateralized, like a bank isn't probably going to want to take that position. But a really common one would be seller financing. So if you've mm-hmm. negotiated with the seller to carry back a part of the down payment or something like that, yep. that's a perfect example of mezzanine debt. It's not secured in a lot, a lot of cases by the property itself. They're bringing a little extra money in. They're just getting their coupon. Another case might be uh, in, in just investors who want a lower more conservative return that is sits higher in the cap stack. So some operators will structure their deal where they offer common equity and those people typically have the potential for the highest returns, but they also carry the most risk because they get paid last. And we'll talk about that in future episodes. And as you go down the capital stack, sometimes they do slot people into that debt position where it's just a... 6% return, you get paid out before anybody else gets theirs, um, after the senior debt gets theirs. Um, and that can be really good for risk-averse investors who really don't care about living that that high life of the potential high returns. They just want to say, I'm getting this 5 6%. I want to clip my coupon each month, and that's all I need. Um, mm-hmm. th- so depending on your risk profile, that, that might be the type of operator type of deal to go looking for.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, and just to kind of clarify here... Um... For people that, you know, if you see a a capital stack that has mezzanine uh, debt in there, that doesn't necessarily mean that an operator is over leveraging or anything like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, um, uh, some operators might get some really amazing terms from certain institutions like uh, CMBS debt or something like that. Where you can get some really, really, really attractive terms. However, they don't like to go above um, fifty to sixty-five percent leverage, and so the MES debt really comes in to get it up to that uh, typical uh, safe seventy-five percent. So maybe uh, a certain institution will offer some amazing terms for seventy or for sixty-five percent leverage, and then the, the next ten percent to get up to a total seventy-five percent LTV. Uh, structure would be uh in from uh, frommezs uh, debt so it might not be that you know people are over leveraging it might just be they like they want to get more um uh, strategic with with their with their debt structure to really uh bring down their their total weighted average cost of capital and, and structure something very specific. And usually this is more common in, in larger, more complex deals with more moving pieces where they've got to kind of piece a few things together. Mm-hmm. Most of the deals we do, we like to keep it nice and simple. Uh, one bank in the senior position, 75% leverage, maybe 70, maybe 80, depends on the deal. But we like to keep it fairly simple, but usually you'll see some of these more exotic capital stacks as you get into bigger uh, deals with more institutional level operators.
0: I'm curious. You might have the answer to this. I haven't really considered this. It, if you were to take out a construction loan, so you, you go to you buy your property, and a lot of times you can take out a construction loan with the bank that you're taking out the, the mortgage. They'll just cover the the cost of what that's going to look like, and then you mm-hmm. take out a draw. If you were to take out, and that would put it in the senior debt position because it's coming from the same bank is my my guess. Mm-hmm. But if you were to take out a construction loan with a secondary bank, would that be considered mezzanine debt? or Because I'm guessing it's not collateralized. In a lot of cases,
1: uh, I'm kind of leaning towards no, but I also, yeah. I'm not sure if there's really going to be an instance where you take a construction loan from a institution that's not doing the senior debt. I've I've mm. always seen those, you know, coming from the same place. I've never seen those split up per se, but with that said, uh, we don't do a lot of construction loans and yeah. we don't really do new developments. So there might be some nuances in, in, uh, you know, the new development space where that is a thing. Um, yeah. It really gets sure. a
0: little gets a little complex there because I know yep. we were talking to some new developers recently and they had a capital stack that was just, mm-hmm. obscene. it was crazy. They had like 17 different sources of, of capital and we're like, whoa, that's that's a complex deal right there.
1: So. Yeah, it can get pretty crazy, especially like we mentioned in a previous episode, I think the intro episode, uh, you know, if you're doing something that's utilizing tax credits from a city or a county or something, mm-hmm. things can get fairly complex Um while you're pulling all the pieces together to capitalize the project. So we like to keep it simple here. Uh, we like it that way. I think our investors like it simple as well, because you can look at it and know exactly understand what the heck's it. going on, which I think there's something to be said about that.
0: Yeah, it's nice not having to, to, to need a advanced degree to understand what's happening. Yes. Um, and that's the thing with real estate. That's one of the reasons we like it. And this why we named the show what we did, why we wrote a book called Passive Investing Made Simple is that we do believe that these investment vehicles at their very core are simple things. And when there's yeah. complexity added in, it's usually unnecessary, I'll say. Yeah.
1: You know, I think some people think they get bonus points for uh, complexity. Um yeah. and you don't. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> no. don't. I think that's just uh, ego and uh Something at play there, but there, there's some people out there that that, uh, that that I think try to make things more complex and more exotic because they think they they look more advanced and therefore better. But you know, at the end of the day, some of the the best deals deals are the simplest ones.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's going to conclude it for the mezzanine debt. Unless you have anything else to add, I think we have tackled the second part and. of the capital stack. So far, we've hit the senior debt, the mezzanine debt. Tune in next week as we do- dive into the preferred equity side of things. It's mm. That gets a little bit fun, actually. Um, it's been very popular in the in the last year or two as operators are looking for more creative ways to, to juice returns in an environment where deals are getting harder and harder to find. We're seeing... Uh, seeing this instrument being utilized a little bit more often. So that's going to do it for us, guys. Now, remember, depending on when you're listening to this, the book might not be out yet, but the book is coming August 11th, Passive Investing Made Simple. If you want to get your free copy, shoot me an email and say, hey, Anthony, I want a free digital copy. I'm going to send it to you. And then if you leave a review, On Amazon, and you send us a snapshot of that. I'm going to sign the book. Dan's going to sign the book. We're going to put it in the mail for free, a physical copy, and it's going to be sent to you with a bow on top. There might not actually be a bow. Don't expect.
1: Probably not to be a bow. So if you want a free book,
0: (laughs) yeah, we don't have any bows. So if you want a free book, that's your avenue to free book nirvana. Otherwise, that's going to do it for us, guys. We love you. We adore you. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next week.